listen to the Guitar Heroes podcast. Chris is hosting, God help us. <laughs> well, hello and a very warm welcome to episode seven of the Guitar Heroes podcast. Um, thank you for everyone for tuning in. And as always, I have with me Mr. Phil Walker. Do you want to give us a little play? Yeah, ma'am. <laughs> and Mr. Lee Williams. That's um, that's orange juice, uh, and it's in a glass. I've got I've got my usual Tia Maria um, plant-based coffee with a uh, Christmas Ooh. mug, and it sounds like this. <coughs> Sorry, <coughs> I'm just joking. <coughs> so I've traded a guitar for a continental breakfast today. <laughs> Is that <a> sausage roll? <laughs> it's a uh, it's a croissant, courtesy of. Oh, it's oh. a fantastic baker just up the road from me. Um, uh, I think it's Lydell's. Lydell's, have you ever been there? Lydell's. No. No? Mm. Lydell's? No. Mm. Well, you should check it out. Is it near Tesco? No, no. Um, it's a big, big blue and yellow place. Massive. Really cheap in there. Really cheap. I've lost interest now. And, of course, Chris. Chris is here as yeah. well. So yeah. I might actually give you a bit of guitar. I, I like... I'm not gonna do I can't Go compete on, with the slurping you guys have uh, you've offered today. It's uh <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Chris, um, um, what we're doing today? Uh, well, before we jump in, I just uh, thought um, oh. to see how you guys are doing. Have you all had a good week? Been up to anything um, interesting? I think so. I've well, well, it's been a bit of a funny week for me because my cat went in hospital. Oh no! Um, she had yeah, she had an operation on her eye, and we basically just got to keep an eye. <laughs> no pun intended. We got to watch her, keep an eye on her, twenty four hours a day. She's got to wear one of those lampshades. She looks like the Pixar lamp, <laughs> 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 but the, it, it's like so. Oh, she's so, she's mischievous. She, she's a bit of an outdoor cat. She loves going outdoors, and, and she's been headbutting the cat flap, and oh, she's been going insane. But oh. I think tomorrow she's allowed out. So oh yeah, it's been a. Yeah, and, and my like, dog wet the bed. Oh, no. Makes a change from you wet in the bed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Other than Jamie, everyone in your household is going downhill. <laughs> I, know. I, I, I know. I know. Well, I've been going downhill since, say, at 40, so I'm not sure I'll make 50, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, how about yourself, Lee? You had a good week? Yeah, yeah, very good. Thanks. Just um, enjoying getting in the Christmas spirit. We're Absolutely. a week into December now, so, yep, drinking snowballs and eating mince pies, and weather's been quite nice. And I haven't caught the man flu that Phil promised me last week. Only lasted a day. Did I it? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, I, I felt I felt quite ill. I mean, it was not that I'm one to complain about my illnesses, as you know, well. but um, <laughs> I... Uh, I got, yeah, I felt terrible for a day, absolutely terrible. Couldn't shake the headache or anything, sore throat, and then next day I woke up, I was fine. No, you didn't look right in last week's episode. Oh, I thought it was the lighting. Oh, anyway. But it's nice to see that you've come <laughs> fully clothed today, which does make a change. <laughs> it does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got to go out. I've got to be somewhere at midday, so I had to thought oh, I'd get okay. dressed now. <laughs> they wouldn't forget and go streaking down the road. <laughs> Especially when we get into video in these podcasts, it's probably a good idea. You get used to dressing for them, I think. Mm. And oh, it's cold. Out it today. depends where we put them. It, it's, that's <laughs> true. That's true. 
How are you, Chris? Uh, I'm all right. Not too bad. I've been doing a lot of uh, recording this week and teaching, teaching guitar. So keeping musically active. Wow, um, you've been doing no, some no, music. Yeah, mm. n- no gigs, unfortunately, yet. But um, yeah, just trying to keep musically active, just recording, doing whatever I can, really. Yeah, I've got um, a gig on Saturday. Have, have you? you? Mm. Well, it's not with us. In fact, I've got a gig every week until Christmas now. Really? Yeah. Where are such things happening? This is unknown. Um, they are where the, the, the virus is um, is most susceptible. Warners. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I've got Warners this week, and then I'm playing in London uh, the week after, and then Christmas Eve, I'm back at Warners again. Christmas Eve. You love a Christmas Eve gig, don't you? You're always do out on It's really Eve. festive. I do yeah. like that. Yeah, I've got to admit, I do like a festive gig. I don't think I've ever worked Christmas Eve. Obviously, we've all done New Year's Eve, but I don't think I've done Christmas Eve. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Is it a different atmosphere to New Year's Eve? Um. I guess it's not not quite as party central. It's uh, it's yeah. I mean, Christmas has always been a big thing in my house. Mm. You know, we even when I lived three hundred miles away from my parents, we always managed to get it together at Christmas. And yeah. Um, it's always been a big thing, and, and we always used to gig at Christmas as well. Me and my dad, when we you know when I was uh, in my teens a hundred years ago, we used to do uh, working men's clubs. That's how he's up north. Oh yeah, All and right. uh, yeah, Christmas Eve we always worked, and it was always really festive. It was always a really nice atmosphere. I mean, it's not so much now. I think um, I don't know. I think the the jollities are kind of slipping a little bit. Right. Now, what do you think? I just I just figured that Christmas Eve's a an interesting one for a party because i don't know about you but i don't want to hang over with my christmas dinner that's true no no, no. christmas dinner well, is the king of all dinners as we all know and yeah and it's do you know what yeah. for me it's later on in christmas on christmas day all the leftover food like the buffet the evening the cheese the pork oh. all the leftover turkey and that leftover sandwich is just about the best oh, thing turkey sandwiches cranberry and oh my goodness is this a guitar don't get podcast? leftover turkey <laughs> <laughs> well, I found that with my YouTube channel. It, most of the time, I'm talking about food. <laughs> well, we had Richmond, <laughs> Richmond sausages. Yeah. <laughs> right. What are we talking about? What's going on? Okay. Well, um, well, today, um, I thought we're going to theme the episode around single coil classics. So we're going to go with the Strat- Fender Stratocaster and the Telecaster. Oh, um, okay. I was going to say Strat and Tele, but then there are probably listeners who are going, "What's a Strat?" You know. So. Mm. Full name's probably more relevant. Um, and I know it's a bit of a fruitless task trying to compare the two because, you know, they're both so very different and they're fantastic in their own right. However, I thought we could have a bit of fun firing off a few reasons as to which of the two we prefer. So prior to this podcast episode, I asked you both uh, maybe to grab either a telly or a strat and give us a few reasons as to why you've chosen that and, um, mm. yeah, and see which is your favourite, really. It'd be uh, kind of an interesting conversation i think so um and obviously these can just be through playability uh, your connection to the instrument um anything really anything goes so um so i think i'm gonna hand this over to to phil to begin with so Ooh. Ooh. okay phil. okay well okay well most people that know me um or look at social media or anything like that that they, they'll know that i have my favorite and I've talked about it on this podcast. I've got my number one Fender Stratocaster that I got in 1986 when I was 
um, 54 <laughs> no, when I was 11. <laughs> you beat us to it. I love how you're playing on this. I was getting there before. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. And I always wanted a Strat. The Strat was the guitar for me. Um, I listened to, uh, I was like, on the previous podcast or maybe one before that, um, I talked about Eddie Cochran was a massive influence. Um, well, so was Hank Marvin. And, and Mark Knopfler. So I always wanted, always, always wanted a, a Fender Strat. Um, and I always wanted a red one. And I remember for my birthday one year, I might have been, I don't know, I might have been about eight or nine or something. Um, the bought, My mum and dad bought me this Fender Stratocaster copy. And it even said Fender Stratocaster copy on the headstock. It was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and it was silver. And my dad sprayed it red. He got some car paints and sprayed it red and lacquered it for me. And oh, I loved it. It was brilliant. I was Hank Marvin then. Um, and then, obviously, I got the real deal when I was 11, and it's pretty much my main guitar ever since. And I've actually, I think, had more Telecasters than I've had Strats, believe it or not. Um, and I, I own two Telecasters now, but I've had um, I've had a Telecaster that used to belong to Albert Lee, um, which I wow. really regret getting rid of, and so wish I hadn't have done. Um, I'm still looking for that guitar as well. Hmm. Um, yeah, loads of different tele. I've had a 74. Um, I, I, I love Telecasters. In fact, my favourite Telecaster I own at the minute is a Brad Paisley signature model. I love that. In fact, Lee, you sold me that. I know it well. I know it yeah, well. Yeah, you, you sold me. I was so <laughs> excited when I got I got a text from Lee when it arrived at Absolute Music, and he just sent me a little picture of the body. It was like, mm. like, it's just fraction of, it was like the silver, and I think I was down there in five minutes. Well, we ordered it for you specifically, didn't we? Because yeah. you... you you knew it was. I think you knew that it was coming out before I even knew. You were like, "Have you got the Brad Paisley telly in yet?" And I said, "Huh, what?" And then I looked online. <laughs> oh, Ooh. the new guitar that's on its way. So uh, yeah, we got the order in, and you were the first one into the store to collect it. And you did. You came over like a, in a flash when I said yeah. it's here. He was he was through the door <laughs> before I think I'd put the phone down. And uh, I yeah, some videos nice on the YouTube. Yeah. I oh, it, yes, did a YouTube video. So yes. if anybody wants to check that out, I'm Phil Walker, guitarist on YouTube. It's on there. Um, but yeah, so the Strat's been my main guitar. Um, I love Telecasters. Uh, I love Telecaster players. And I love playing Telecasters. Um, but this, this, yeah, the Strat for me is the, the main thing. And I've, I've done a few little, um, well, I've done a little dirty mod on my Strat as well, which um, I'm, I'm going to just play it. Um, briefly. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Phil, uh, before you play it, um, perhaps put it into the setting that you love. Like, you know, oh, you pick right. up your strat and you're just going to have a bit of a noodle at home, but purely just for okay. enjoyment, not practicing a song. I want to hear where you're going to go with your pickup selector, you know, tone, that kind of thing. Well, I, I, I quite like I quite like um, country playing. I've, I've done for years, ever since I like, was into Albert Lee. But um, what I've done, uh, another little cheeky mod, is I've wired the, well, I haven't, uh, Robin Absolute did. He he wired the uh, bridge pickup to the tone control, and on a strat for me, that is invaluable because um, otherwise you get a. It, it, it sounds really bright. So mm. what I do, I wind it back to about four and. And it kind of. No, it doesn't make it like a humbucker, but it, it certainly helps. You know, it yeah. stops it having that um, that. Yeah, takes a bit. Takes a bit of the edge off. It stops you. It stops your eyeballs rolling, doesn't it? You know, just yeah. to wind it back a little bit, and that works really well. Um, 
when I wind that back to four, it seems to even it up with the with the neck pickup on this. Um, it's got original pickups. Um, so if I, I've got the tone wound back now, and when I put it in the um, neck, whereas if oh, the see. bridge is the tone's full, it's a bit mismatched. It's a bit duller as the neck pickup, oh, I see. whether so that's age. So just using that tone, you've got a bit more balance between the two. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But the other little cheeky mod, before I hand it over to somebody else, um, is Robin put a little switch in here, oh. and it's a force on the bridge. So um, when I've got the uh, neck pickup on, which sounds like this, if I hit the switch, it forces the bridge pickup on, and you get this. Telecaster. A Telecaster, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, if you put the um, uh, the selector switch in the middle and neck position, um, which I believe is position four, I believe, or which way around do you look at it? Yeah, position yeah. four. Um, you get all three on, which sounds like this. <laughs> which is just another little different tonal thing and so which means i can use this guitar for absolutely anything and i and i do so yeah very versatile then in that respect but obviously you mentioned last time i don't know if you're going to bring that up lee but about modifying guitars in the last episode and how much you were so against it obviously with this obviously you're not you're not replacing anything are you you're just making modifications to what's already there Exactly, that exactly. Right? And I did say that, you know, I've replaced the saddles and the nuts yep. and it's been rewired because it had to be, because otherwise course, it wouldn't needed, be playable. Yeah. Um, and and the little mod switch, that little switch in there, I've probably had in the guitar for 20 years. You know, I got it done a long, long time ago, um, purely because I didn't want to... I, I'm a, I love playing country music um, and I love the Telecaster sound and I didn't want to be carting loads of guitars around with me. Um, of course. You know, a lot of the lot of venues that you, you used to play, you know, pubs and clubs and things like that, you didn't want to take loads of gear because you turn around for a split second and something's gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, <laughs> the guitar used to go to the toilet with me and, and, and still does. Um, <laughs> well, it still does, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It still yeah, goes to exactly. bed with you, I think. Pretty much. Well, yeah, I mean, it never stays in the truck or anything like that. It, it goes with me everywhere. And mm. um, I used to fly this guitar... Um, when I was in a show called Route 66, we went all over the place, Latvia, and oh, all over the place we went. And and I took this guitar with me, and I just used to throw it in the hold. And and, and looking back, I was like, oh, what was I doing? Mm. You know, the, I mean, yeah, if this guitar got nicked, I'd probably go be a bin man or something. You know, I wouldn't, wouldn't want to carry on. <laughs> That'd be it. That'd be it. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. <laughs> well, that well, leads nicely into my question about that <laughs> guitar, because it's obvious that you have a strong connection with that specific guitar. But I wonder, mm-hmm. does that mean that you would pick like that guitar aside? Are you still a Strat guy? Because it seems to me you're very specific that it's that guitar. But if you walked uh, yeah. into a shop and if that guitar had never existed, mm. would you gravitate towards a Strat or a Tele? Because... Like you say, you do you do play a lot of country and you're into a lot of Telecaster players, more so than probably I am. So mm. I, I, if I looked at your music collection, I might think, hmm, this guy's a telly guy. But what would you, what would you reckon? Fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, That's another reason good, why I was into Telecasters um, was, was status quo. Um, yes. Love them or hate them. Yeah. I love them. You know, they're brilliant. Um, 
so yeah, I, I was kind. That's why I've had so many Telecasters. Mm. Um, I guess I'd always been looking for the right Telecaster, but I don't think any guitar is going to be the right guitar because I've got this one. You know, course, every other guitar is a second. Exactly, any guitar that comes along now has got the hard job of trying to supersede like thirty years of you know relationship yeah. because you grow with a guitar don't you but yeah i absolutely. see you're so attached to that strat but i just mm. wonder whether any other strat would i don't think any other strat would do it and you that may be why you yeah. enjoy playing other telecasters i've got another strats. one okay um, i've got another one i've got um it's my fiesta red um 50s classic strat. oh yes of course yeah. uh, and I, that gets used a lot in the first half in the guitar show yeah, um, that's that really is a good strat. That's there's a lot of the Mexican ones are kind of hit and miss. You know, you get some good ones, you get mm. a lot of bad ones. This one is an absolute corker. Um, it's really, really good. It's nice to play. It sounds good. The trem is a dream. Um, and then I've got well, like I said, I've got a few strats, and then I've got a '79 strat, an original one, which I'm I'm selling. I'm not attached to it. It's probably worth the most. Um, but I'm like, well, I'll move it on, and I want to get something else. Mm. <laughs> so that's a nice guitar. That is that is mint as well. Anyone out it there is. listening? I can't. I can't <laughs> believe it looks, it looks, if you're interested. It's brand new, doesn't it? <laughs> it, it? It is. Yeah, but I've got my eye on another Strat actually. That oh, I'm, okay. I'm thinking of getting so, but I do need to move that on to get it. Mm. Mm. Okay. So um, obviously, so, with the uh, the Strat, it's obviously such a unique guitar because of um, obviously we spoke about this in the, in the, a couple of episodes ago where. The strat obviously started only with a three-way switch, but then had the in and out of phase positions, you know, positions mm. two and four. So mm. again, that adds to the strat's uniqueness that no other guitar really has. You know, I know there are like humbucker guitars with the split coils that have mm. all the multiple positions, um, but nothing quite does it like a strat. Those in-between positions is that unique voice of a strat and that for a fuzz or something like that, you know, is... I suppose yeah. that specific sound that you can only get with a strat, really. But you could um, do any gig with a strat, haven't you? I mean, you've got bridge position, neck position, middle, you know, out, out the in between positions. Which, what, I mean, what can't you do with a strat? Yeah, very, very much right there. Uh, how about yourself, Lee? Uh, what have you chose today? I'm sat here with my strat today, um, and I think if I was forced into a choice, if I walked into a guitar store and had to buy one guitar, <coughs> strat or a telly, I think I would lean more towards a strat like Phil. However, I'm always flip-flopping and I seem to always go through phases. Like I'm on a telly month this month or I'm on a Les Paul this month. You just go through those phases. And right now, the Telecaster that you guys can see behind me, that is what I'm playing the most. Mm. I think I pulled it out because we were doing the 50s podcast a few weeks ago. And since then, it's been my go-to. And I love the simplicity of Telecaster. Just that, mm. you no know, frills, such a nice guitar to play. I actually play it unplugged all the time as well. It's just really, really resonant. It's got something yep. solid and reassuring, almost acoustic. About It's not acoustic, obviously, but that chunky slab of a body, it's just nice to sit with. And I find different guitars bring out different sides of your playing and you, you tend to do different things. So I find I pick up different guitars depending on what type of playing I want to do. Okay, and so for me, a Strat is home, but I tend to, if I pick up my Strat, I tend to noodle and I maybe fall into old habits and just run around the same rings. But when I pick up the telly, it, I, I play it differently. I see yeah, it like so a very different guitar. So you get called up for a gig and mm -hmm. you've only got time to grab one guitar for that gig. It's like a last minute thing. You've got five minutes to grab all your gear. Um, yeah. You're going to pick up either one of those single coil guitars. Which one do mm -hmm. you grab? That doesn't. You don't hesitate 
you don't hesitate at grabbing you know it's like oh that one might be good you just go i know that's gonna just do the job regardless i don't know what gig i'm turning up to it could be jazz rock or anything but you've got to choose one okay well then i guess it would be the strat it's a pretty easy answer because i've i've done exactly that for the last few years in my in my work doing top 40 type stuff and you know you know we all know the types of gigs where you have to play like bruno mars and maroon five but then you're playing like free and led zeppelin in the same set and the strat's the one and actually i would always take my strat and for some reason the telecaster would always be the workhorse backup because i know i could always rely on it if i ever broke a string or if i ever got to a gig and the setup had got like you know the bridge had moved on my strat or whatever the telly's just going to be rock solid in fact the telly has been in storage um for best part of like the whole of lockdown this year because i was moving house and the, a load of stuff went into storage and i pulled that telecaster out probably a month ago having not seen it for nearly six months still got the same strings on it and actually it plays nothing's changed the strings i gave them <laughs> their elixirs as well so the long life strings but i gave them a quick wipe down and it's it's just bang on i think it was still in tune and that <laughs> that is what Crazy, i was right? i'm so torn because i really it's like picking between children i don't have children but like that saying One can't pick door. between you oh did i oh, hear sorry, a door someone's at the door again do you time this phil Oh, it seems to be like <laughs> you'd yeah. think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. You would think so, but no, no, I don't. No, the the, the dog's in the studio with me, and he's heard the doorbell as well, and he's going, oh, 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 I've got to get out, got to get out. That's because he knows <laughs> it's a pizza that's just turned up. It's, yeah, Papa Jones has just turned up. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, yeah, so I me, think I would. So um, I think I would. I think I would go with the Strat. Uh, it's been my. It's been my number one, and the Telly's been a faithful backup, but. The best answer for me, a bit like the P bass versus the jazz bass, you got to have both, as as we all do. They're just such. If this you're is what I said. Guitars, at, yeah, you know. this is what I said at the beginning. It's it's really hard. It's very much a fruitless task trying to compare the two because they're so different. They both offer something completely different. Like you said, Lee, they make you play differently when you pick up either one of them, put you into a different mindset as a guitar player. And yeah, trying to compare them is a very difficult task. Um, but obviously, it just comes down to kind of what you really kind of prefer at the end of the day. And um, so, when you pick up your strat, um, mm. like, like I asked with Phil, like I'm just interested just to see what sort of kind of go-to tone that you would go to. Do you keep everything yeah. wide open, or you know, you can do you, which pickup selector do you which pickup um, configuration do you favor? Well, it depends on the sound. Like now, I've got a a kind of a driven. I always just I always just stay on the bridge pickup. I'm really simplistic. I think my ideal guitar should actually be something like a Les Paul Junior. I I came I think what it is is I came from playing humbucker guitars. I grew up on like well my first guitar was a was a Squire Strat, but beyond that it went pretty quickly into SGs and um, Les Paul type guitars, PRSs, that kind of thing. So I think and a lot of my work is loosely in a rock band context so i think i still crave that kind of i always look do you that. um do you have the tone wired up to the bridge i do i do exactly do, the same yeah. as you yeah um yeah. 
for exactly the same reasons that you said it balances everything out and stops it sounding too spiky when you overdrive it but you can almost like, get a bit of a humbuckery type you can um type sound if i'll just switch my distorter on um if you've got the old uh, and then you wind it back do you know what i mean it, all, it yeah. almost you could be fooled couldn't you i think I think <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, actually, I have to, um, the, the 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 tone on my um on my Strat, which should be wired to the bridge. I actually, um, have as a blend knob. So um, so when I'm on my bridge pickup on my Strat, I can blend the neck in into the bridge, mm. a bit like what you're doing mm. on yours, Phil. Um, yeah, with that switch that you have. It's just to take. But you've that got a blend of, rather than a switch. Yeah, so I can blend as much as of that neck pickup as I want into the bridge, just to give it a bit more fatness, and it does give you that telly esque quality, I suppose. Um, definitely. Yeah, I've never been yeah, a definitely. big fan of that the strap bridge sound. It's just a, to me just a bit spiky and just yeah, I'm I'm not a fan. But obviously, you I like that, Lee, and like it sounds great yeah. when you're playing. You know. Well, I look I look for it. I I look and I don't. I must admit, I probably look for a darker bridge sound. Because I know that when I play, most of what I play, I mean, I love Strat clean sounds. I was just, if you could see me trying to reach over to my helix there. I love <laughs> the whole... You know, those real glassy sounds and, of course, the all those real stratty, like you say, the in-between sounds, the two and the four. But I, I well, it's rarely the funk, get... It's the funk machine, is it? Absolutely. Position four, it's the funk. That's it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love the whole Nile Rogers thing. I just rarely get to use it. That reminds me of a movie I once watched. Won't talk about it, though. (laughs) Yeah, I I love it all, but I I just find on a working gig, I rarely get to use that. I guess maybe it's just the type of work I do, but I I rarely get to use those sounds. So I tend to to play with those sounds more at home. When I'm gigging, it's, it's probably almost more trying to sound like an SG or something like that. So I'm... Usually on even for lead stuff, I I don't like the neck pickup to get too too muddy. Hmm. I like I, I like almost staying on the bridge pickup and maybe knocking the tone back a little bit. Or I tend maybe to maybe you're a P ninety guy. I, maybe I do like a P ninety. I do like a P ninety. I tend to dial my drive sounds quite smooth and quite kind of dark anyway. So actually, for um for bridge pickups, like well, the P nineties are very they're very single core like, aren't they? But they just um. They just compress mm. a little bit more at the top end, I find. But uh, yeah, I love peanuts. And I was going to say, uh, you just reminded me of that. And this is this is a really unusual thing that, that I've seen. Um, it was a, on on is it, was it Netflix? Oh, it might be Amazon. Can't remember. Um, that there's uh, a Les Paul tribute concert, and there's Lukather on there with his '59 Les Paul. Um, there's Neil Sean's on there, and then Joe Satriani is on there playing um, a Les Paul with P90s on it. He's doing Satch Boogie, playing really? a, it's a Les Paul. Uh, is it the special, I think? Um, like a ye- the yellow one. Uh, we, yeah, we playing Satch Boogie with P90s. And I've got to be honest, it sounds better than that um, th- th- than that thing he plays, the JS, <laughs> J- J- JS, JS nonsense, whatever it is. You're listening to the Guitar Heroes podcast. So, Chris, tell us about, about your love affair between straps and tellies okay well uh between my arms i have a uh, 2003 highway one texas edition telecaster 
So, um, mm. yeah, it's quite nice. It's got a nitro finish and everything. And um, uh, But I chose this one over my Strat. It was a really hard decision. Um, the reason I kind of <coughs> brought this up as a uh, theme for today's podcast is a student asked me, they were looking to buy a single core guitar. And they were like looking at between a Strat and a Tele. And I had to really think about giving them advice on what to go for. And uh, mm. as I really thought about it, uh, I come to the conclusion that I love my telly more than the Strat. And and as obviously, as you guys know, obviously this guitar started out in 49, 1950, right, with the Esquires um, mm -hmm. prototype. And do you know what? I think they got it right back in the, you know, back in the day, straight out the gate. I think they got it right, you know. And even to this day, it's still pretty much the same as what they were doing back then. I don't think really much has changed, to be honest. Just uh, development in pickups and things like that, obviously. But um, with this thing plugged into my Princeton, touch a reverb, literally, that equals Chrissy in heaven. <laughs> 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 you know, um, it's a, and uh, but I think as you you touched upon this earlier, Lee, um, I just I think I love the simplicity of this guitar. Mm. Like you know, just there's no thrills to it or anything. Like the edges, they're not curved or anything to you know rest nicely into your body. It's all kind of you know, sharp edges and stuff and the, just a just a massive block of wood, isn't it really? Yeah. Um yeah. But I love the simplicity and like uh, you know, with the bridge, uh the bridge plate, you know, there's no whammy bar. I find when I'm on a strat, anytime I play like a a chord, I'm always there like kind of I yeah, do it too. I don't have a whammy bar to give an example. Hang on, I've got tremolo on. <laughs> should I should I do it then? Go on, you need Yeah. There you go. But I find like I just it, it's a it's nice because it, you can musically express yourself a little bit more. But I, I often find myself doing all the time. It's almost like a bad habit. I, I'll play something and always finish off a phrase with the whammy bar just because mm. it's there. Yeah. Uh, and I love mm. with this. Um, there's nothing to hide behind. It's all very open with the sounds and obviously between the neck and the bridge pickup. Um, obviously the bridge pickup, unlike on the Strat, it has a, like a brass plate underneath, which gives it that real fat, you know, rock sound. Um, uh, and obviously between the two pickups, obviously there's a f like a huge like dynamic range, uh, full frequency range, which makes it very versatile. And, you know, I would feel very confident turning up to any gig, whether that's jazz, rock, country, blues, and feel confident I could do uh, that gig with no compromise with this guitar. Um, obviously, you could you, you couldn't you couldn't turn up to a pawn session though, could you? you I could. could. <laughs> you couldn't do that. Well, but obviously, there's a huge misconception that this is a country guitar, and I, I can't, I, you know, it's it can't can't be further from the truth. To be honest, I think, um, mm. like, um, I can give some examples. I've I've just set up uh, one sound on here. Um, uh, a full-on Marshall sound. And that bridge pickup sound for me is just, like, it's, I love it. And um, on the bridge pickup of a Strat, to me, like I mentioned earlier, it just sounds really thin and spiky, and without doing any modifications to it or rolling off the tone, it's, you can't really tame it. I just, I'm not a fan of that bridge sound on a Strat. Mm -hmm. um, and when I get onto my Les Paul, uh, even with the bridge on that, I find, like, I want a bit more top end to the sound a bit more brightness i was just playing devil's advocate there to say it doesn't sound thin 
<laughs> yeah, there, well, it's just a spikiness, a harshness to the top end, which I, I don't really like. Um, and it's just you haven't got your tone control wired up to it, though, have you? Uh, no, but I got I got the neck. Um, but I've obviously, on previous strats and things, it's it's kind of um, I've experienced it on previous strats I've owned. Um, yeah, just I've just never really been a fan, to be honest. And I always avoid that bridge pickup, even when I play rock. I'll go into like position. Is it position two? Yeah. yeah so the Brian May the, sound. The, yeah, I'll always jump onto that, uh, you know, but on the telly, just for me, just. <laughs> it sounds nice and full. It's got a nice, uh, the top end isn't spiky to me and um, just sounds great. Mm. And um, and if you want to play like uh, jazz on this as well, you you know, you could just jump straight to the neck pickup, uh, roll the volume off. Uh, You're not going to play any jazz, are you? I'll play a little bit of jazz for you. You like jazz. Are we right? rolling into Chris's corner here? Because jazz is only I'm, allowed I'm in going, Chris's I'll, corner. I'm, I'm going to go to the no. loo then. <laughs> but just to give an example of how clean, you know, it cleans up. Sounds great. Hang on. And, Phil, uh, and if you Phil's just been sick. Sorry, bear, bear with us, folks. Phil's just... <laughs> so, oh, sorry, I thought I was in a lift then. I thought I was in an elevator. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in like guitar harmony, like chords and things like that. And uh, I've, I've always liked jazz guitar, guitar players like Mike Stern. And um, and turning up to a, a gig to do jazz with a Strat, just for me, visually doesn't look right either. You know, um, But the telly, you get away with it because there are jazz guitar players who use, use the telly. Um, and you know it cleans up really nice and, and does the job really well. Um, and I, I think you can also play a bit of funk on this as well. Middle pickup, um, you have to clean up a fair bit. Uh, but again, remember my gain is wide open on this, just as a reference. Um, so okay. I'm on the middle middle pickup here. Uh, let's see. Um, Sounds pretty That's cool. You, you could get away with that. I mean, that to me is more like a um, sort of like a, a Chinese coffee porn movie sound. Is that? <laughs> it's fine. We like Chinese coffees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but know. you know, if you if you had to get away with it, you could do it. You know, um, and yeah, then obviously absolutely. you got the. Uh, I love the Rolling Stones, and you know that. <laughs> It just got a fat rock sound, and yeah, I, I just think you could do most things with this, and obviously a bit of country. I don't play much country, but um, obviously I'd have to clean up a little bit. Let's see. Brad Paisley, obviously, um, an incredible guitar player for the uh, Telecaster, which you mentioned earlier, Phil. And um, but he does not play with a clean sound. He doesn't Brad play Paisley. with a clean sound. Oh, no. he's as dirty as it gets. Yeah, he, he, yeah I mean. Uh, his earlier stuff, yeah, he's got the very, uh, um, you know, he's got a very sort of cleanish sound. I haven't really got a sound set up for this, but he's like, nowadays, he's, you know. You know, he's, he's, he's got quite a quite a dirty sound on there, which, um, yeah. which again proves that the Telecaster's versatile enough to do that, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and um, I, just for me, I just love the the magic and the charm of a, a Telecaster. Just, again, the simplicity for me, I just think more about what I'm playing rather than all the thrills that it offers and all the variety of tones mm. and everything. I think we're we're proving that, that uh, 
you know you can split hairs over these guitars but actually we absolutely we again like really really they're so they're they're more similar than they are different aren't they because let's face it mm. they're both leo fender designs and did you know that the strat actually like literally came out of the telecaster so in terms of its body i forget the i forget the name uh but there's a story of a guy so when leo made the the telly and the esquire um it was being passed around guitar playing circles this is the early 50s the esquire came out in 1950 and telecast in 1952 he passed it around guitar playing circles and someone actually took uh, a chisel and a hammer to it and said this is great but it's not that comfortable could you do <laughs> something like this and he'd actually taken some pieces of wood out the back and on the arm contour and leo looked at it and that's where the original contour body came from on the strat wow Having having the uh, extended access up the top with a double cutaway, and he smoothed out those designs, so you got the tummy cut and the arm cut, mm. and you know, so they're they're more similar than they are different. That's what I always used to say to people, you know, when they would mm. ask me, mm, which one do you go for? Well, in terms of like a Telly or a Strat versus a Les Paul, now that's a that's a bigger difference. But these two, of course, same as far as same scale length. guitars go, I'd yeah. always say own both, own both. You know, yeah, I mean, if you, that's uh, the, the feel thing is quite different. I find it quite different jumping between different scale lengths. But when you play, when you get used to a Fender guitar, you can jump between a Tele and a Strat pretty easy. Both same yeah. scale length. The wood choices are the same. Weight-wise, there's not a huge difference. Like everything's in the same place. The tone controls, the volume controls, mm. you know, uh, the tuning layout six aside. There's more similarities there, but they're yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think um, the telly is the cooler. I, like you were saying, Chris, I think there's, n like, looking at my old relic telly there, there's n nothing cooler than, like, a low A ton slung. of mojo there, isn't there, you know? And, yeah. Uh, if I didn't and have to I don't play... know, what about 62 Fiesta Red Strat that's all that's oh, stop been Phil. used? Stop, Ooh. stop. You know I love one of those. Tissues, please. I don't think, <laughs> I, I think any guitar, and I can say this because I cannot wear my guitar low. I have to wear my guitar high like a nerd. I just can't play low, but I think guitars that are low just look cool and i don't think a strat looks right when it's worn too low because of all those oh i don't know i don't know look at josh klingerhoff and not enough on a yeah no i don't he, think he, it looks he right looks quite cool, it looks like it doesn't fit not? because it's so obviously shaped for your sort of you know your torso area that when so basically it's not you're there, saying fat people play strats <laughs> is that what you're saying <laughs> no i'm just saying that a telecaster <laughs> you know in uh, a la bruce springsteen slung low and and worn heavy you know, relic and it's just gnarly. Look, it's just so cool. It's just so cool. Yeah, Love that it. Keith Richards wearing it, like, you know, he doesn't wear it too high. It just where he's got it just looks yeah. awesome. And yeah. like, even as old as he is, Phil, you're similar of age. And um, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, yeah. well, you know, it, it's the thing, isn't it? I mean, you know, you've got to, you've got to be, I'm with Greta Thunderclap out there because you've got to make sure that the world is a better place because you're leaving it to me and Keith Richards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take this opportunity to uh, jump into Chris's corner. Okay. Actually, wow. Can I say it? Yes, please Can do. Can I say it? Cue the music. Chris's corner. So, um, programming sounds for um, talking about the episode last week where we used uh, the Line 6 for programming sounds and I'm sat there with my Les Paul trying to get the Jimmy Page sounds and um, just can't quite get it. I don't know what it is. I'm listening to the records going, oh, I just 
I don't know. I'm on the bridge pick of my tele of my uh, my Les Paul, and it's not hasn't got that nice brightness that he's got on the record and stuff. And obviously, after speaking to you, Phil, turns mm. out that Jimmy Page actually uses the Telecaster a lot and uh, for the four the first entire first album, Les Zeppelin mm. One. Les Zeppelin uh, One, yep. Stairway to Heaven solo, and um, so it turns out, yeah, the le- uh, the Telecaster sold more Les Pauls than the Les Paul itself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really funny because we do do um, in our we, we have a Les Paul section in the in the story do, of Guitar yeah. Heroes, and Jimmy Page is in the Les Paul section. But the actual song that we do, which is Cashmere, was played on a Dan Electro. <laughs> but we we put it in for, for it's all, yeah it's all a little bit mixed up but it it makes sense when you watch it you know when you watch the show but if you're gonna get you know down to the nitty gritty of it all it, of it, course yeah 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 it's quite funny but it's amazing you know uh, you know the solo to um, Stairway to Heaven is such a classic and you know mm. and it's done on a telly proves it's a, a complete rocking machine so uh, yeah and what you're thinking is a uh, Les Paul into Marshall is really like you know a telly or a Dan Electro into a C-Pro, <laughs> so. <laughs> You've ruined the illusion, Chris. <laughs> I know. Just bringing truth to our to our fans. That's all. But don't you think it's amazing that something that is now seventy years old is still like the pinnacle of its industry? How many mm, how many other items can you think of that that really the design, like you said, Chris, the design hasn't changed. Yes, there are now other options. So if you want a modernised telly or if you want a modernised Strat or if you want noiseless pickups or lock-in tuners, there's like those tweaks. But actually, the original version hasn't been discontinued. The actual most popular best-selling is just the standard option, the the Fender standard Strat, Fender standard telly. I can't think of any other industry, any other product where the the iteration that people are still lusting over today is the same one that they were lusting over 70 years ago. I literally can't think. I've tried. I can't think of anything. Oh, and that that, that, that leads me into a rant then. <laughs> oh, well, here we go. Cue oh, the music. <laughs> Phil's rant. Phil's rant. So... I, w- I did have another rant planned for, for today, um, but you've just brought another rant up. Um, maybe I should save my rant um, uh, for another episode, the one that I was going to say. We know but you're never one... short of rants, Phil. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm short of pants, that's why I never wear any. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, my, my rant a little bit about this is what Lee, you were saying there, you know, they do different variations. And, and what, I mean, what is it? What is it now? The, the, the Fender Standard Strat or Telecaster now is the Performer Limited Lightning Edition Series Cornflake model or something <laughs> stupid. Batman right? symbol. The, it, oh, is it oh, the Performer model? And, and then they had another model. Mo- uh, professional. What's well, that We've got the about? Professional 2s now, the, uh, what, the Ultras. Um, what, what, what's wrong with the standard strat? Why did they change it? I can, I can actually, I can tell you if and if you, but if you want to continue ranting, go for it. But I, oh, go, I no, actually, no, please, please tell me. I know because the I answers. I don't see the point. I know the answers. It was, uh, yes. it was a corporate restructuring. It was a marketing decision. It's simple as that. It was just a business decision. Um, <laughs> Fender. <laughs> yeah, it really was. It really was nothing to do with any any benefit to the instrument itself. It was purely a, a sales and a, a marketing-based idea. Fender, and, and I must admit, I agree with, with part of it. So Fender had a big reshuffle a few years back uh, when they started changing all the names of their guitars. What they wanted to do, because they've got such a massive product range, right from 
a Squire bullet at like £99 all the way up to custom shop master builds at five grand plus and and almost every price point like you can go up in 50 pound increments and they'll pretty much be a fender guitar for you if you've got 350 to spend 400 455 it's not like there's like five models to pick from anymore and what they felt was that the word standard was being reused so you had the squire standard you had the standard it was just it was people call it the mexican standard because it was built in Mexico, but it's, uh, it's to them it was just the Fender standard at about £500. Then you've got the American standard. Then you had standard being used in custom shop as well. And each range sort of mimicked itself depending on where it was built. So you had Squire Deluxe, you had Fender Deluxe, which was Mexican, you had American Deluxe. And it just got a bit confusing. I used to get people coming in all the time going, well, that one's standard and it's 1100 quid. That one's standard and it's... 500 quid and also i think they didn't like the the word standard they were saying we're better than standard when you're spending 1200 quid on a guitar it's the word standard these days doesn't really represent something that is at the peak of its uh, you know it's kind of like the bog standard so they restructured it mm. so that there was no repetition in the words it went from squire mm. all the way up you got standard which is the mexican one and then you got up through deluxe um, player, professional, elite. So it, they're all the guitars. I've got to be honest. <laughs> if I had a guitar company, I'd make it easy. I'd start at the turd and work my way up to the glitter bogey. <laughs> Phil would have Do you know what I mean? the, the Phil Walker Model 1, the Phil Walker Model 2, <laughs> the Model 3. Yeah, so uh, yeah, little Johnny's starting out on guitar. Oh, we've we've got the turd, or we've got the turd glitter model. Which one would you like? The turd glitter models are ten pound extra. Yeah, it, you it, get it, strings with that one. I think <laughs> yeah, I think it was ju- it was that it was just an effort to clarify things and make the whole range a little bit more concise. But in doing so, actually, it, it just it just confused people even it's more. It's confusing. We were so used to the old model of uh, the standard and the deluxe and maybe the vintage. They didn't. They got rid of the vintage and they started calling it the original as well because and the vintage, the Vintera, Vintera, that's new. It just comes confused with all that. It just comes back to that thing that Fender now are a massive, massive corporation. There's they're they're the biggest guitar company in the industry and they make so many models. I actually there's a YouTube video I did online. It's a few years out of date now, but I did it with uh, with Absolute Music where I I sat down with an example of every. Um, every Fender guitar that was out there. So one example from every range. Mm. And there ended up being about probably 15, 16 guitars. So so at that time, there was maybe 15 or 16 different series, different ranges that work up through the price points. And I just I just went through everything just so that if, if people came in and asked that question, I could say, here, watch the video. Because I would, mm. I would literally go through it with people every day and the subtle changes that go from a guitar at £350 to one at £480 or one at mm. £720, you know, those small little jumps. There's so many. So My dad bought a Strat from Absolute Music uh, that, about a year ago the blue, now, I think. Is that the blue one he's got, Bill, that you... Yeah, that's right, that's right. It yeah, was, um, lovely, that is. He wanted a blue one. It was Tide, Tidepool Blue, I think it's called. Um so we went to Absolute Music and they had two on the wall. They had an American one and a Mexican one. And he said, well, we'll just, you know, pick me the best playing one, which you think's the best. And it was the Mexican one. The The American one was like, eh, 
yes, all right, you know, it didn't play quite as nice as the Mexican one. I mean, okay, maybe the parts may last slightly longer on on the American one. I, I don't know. There's the same parts, the same tuners. I don't know. I mean, it, what what there's five hundred quid difference in mm. the guitars, and and I and I picked the cheaper one. He would have bought the, the the American one had it been a nicer playing guitar, but it wasn't. That's the thing, you isn't know, it? You say it's American, and people are like, oh, it's got to be better. You know, it's like mm. buying branded stuff from the supermarket. You know, if it's like Tesco's own stuff, you're not going to think it's as good. But a lot of time, it's just the same stuff, and. I think maybe on those American ones, perhaps I, I'm not in the know with this, but do they spend more time on the attention to the frets? Do they make it, you know, the playability better? Because I know all the hardware is the same, right? No, it's not. It's not. It's not. No. Well, my my, okay. my strat I've got here, my number one's Japanese. <laughs> so. Yeah, they, uh, this is another. This is another minefield. But obviously, Fender because their guitars have Leo's idea was a production line guitar. It's not like a Gibson, which is more of a... Well, Gibson's original idea was to make something that was more like furniture. It's a very different production process and, and, and harder to modify. The parts don't break down as easy. Where Fender, their whole ethos was to make a guitar that could be bolted together, could be modified easily, could be parts on it, could be replaced if they you know wore out. And, and in that, you've now got so many variations of all the hardware, all the pickups, the pick guards, the necks, the frets, like everything. And they're all interchangeable, but they, they are all different. There are differences. And maybe we, if you want to go down that rabbit hole, maybe we could do a podcast one day where I'll, this, I'll this would be go great. into <laughs> the differences because it is, it is, yeah, there's massive differences. But also what Phil says is completely valid because despite those differences on paper, it still comes back to that old thing of, play the guitar and if you like it and if it does it for you that's the one for you like mm, too many people get bogged down in needing a certain spec sheet when actually if they just tried a couple of guitars they may well have fallen in love with the guitar that's actually the cheaper model um it yeah it's something that i see guitar players you should do it blindfolded yeah yeah good way to a do lot it. of people a lot of people buy the name don't they the, shop the, the buy eyes, where it's yeah. made yeah. yeah yeah so blindfold people and then um yeah, they're just going to pick the guitar that's right for them and not what it says on the headstock. Okay, well, maybe we'll do that then. Maybe we'll... Um, I've got something planned for next week, but maybe we'll we'll do a podcast where we go into a Fender rabbit hole, like a production rabbit hole, where I just go yeah, into that sounds good. all would, the bits and pieces. Be great. One little tidbit that I always remember, and it's really interesting because obviously there's this big debate between Mexican Fenders and American Fenders. Mm. I Googled it, and you can drive between the two factories in three hours, and I think it was 12 minutes, three hours, 12 minutes. <laughs> That's how far the American factory uh, and the Mexican factory are from each other. And yeah. I also have it on good authority that a very, very large percentage of the workers in the American factory are Mexican because that's, you know, so close to the <laughs> Mexican border. So, but there are differences in the materials and the production process. So, yeah, we'll, um, well, we'll save that for another podcast then. I think that'd be great. I'd really enjoy that. Okay. Um, okay. So, um, but regarding our earlier discussion, I suppose um, there's our choices between the, the Strat and the Telly. So Phil's gone with the, his Strat today, Lee's gone with his Strat, and I've gone with my Telly. And again, it's not really a huge comparison between the two. It's just kind of what, as an individual, we prefer over the over the two single-core guitars. And uh, I suppose it'd be great to hear everyone's thoughts on this. Anyone out there who's uh, a Strat lover or a Telly lover or owns both and like has some thoughts or experiences they would like to share with us, please write in and... Uh, at this point, I'll hand you over to Lee for the socials. Or equally, actually, just going to add to that, if anyone out yep. there absolutely hates 
playing the guitars because that's a really rare thing. We I, don't want to hear from them. <laughs> I, I'd be quite interested to hear from someone who really doesn't like them and tell us why. Because okay. in all my time yeah. meeting different guitar players and working in retail, I never, I rarely met anyone. I mean, they might have been coming in for, to the shop for a different reason, or they might be mainly a, a Les Paul guy or mainly a Ibanez guy or something. But I, I, I did never really re- meet anyone that doesn't like Fenders. Well, there's two categories there to, through my eyes. There's people that like Fenders and then there are people that are wrong. <laughs> I completely agree <laughs> with you, Phil. What What's the opposite of a Marmite guitar? Because Fender are that. They're, 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 they're not Marmite at all. It's like you either love it or, or you like it. Well, they, mm. they've got so much, um, obviously, uh, unlike just the Strat and the Tele. Oh, that's my doorbell. Oh. Um, Papa Jones you know has come round to you. I I'm going to go and I need to go and answer it. Go for it. Right. While Chris is going to get his curry that's just turned up, we'll wrap up and uh, and we'll we'll come back next week. So, yeah, find yeah. us on Instagram. Look for Phil Walker Guitar, Lee Troy Guitar and Chris Anthony Guitar. Uh, find us on Facebook. You can look for Phil Walker Guitarist, Lee Williams Guitarist and Chris Anthony Guitar. You can find the Story of Guitar Heroes by searching Story of Guitar Heroes on Instagram and Facebook or head to the website www.storyguitarheroes.com and of course head over to YouTube where you can look for Phil Walker Guitarist to check out all the behind the scenes of the show and if you want to find that video that I was talking about just look for Absolute Music's uh, video channel and you can see it there. Next week I've got something planned because I'm in the hot seat next week and we, we kind of stumbled across this idea a couple of weeks ago Let's do a Desert Island Discs Christmas edition. So just like our 50s edition, where we were doing 50s guitar-based choices, this has to be Christmas guitar-based choices. So We're all going to pick the same chuffing song, aren't we? I know we are. Well, just like last time, we're going to have to do two each. Two each, and bonus points for anyone who picks the most interesting. Chris, I'm coming back to you. You can't pick... The one that you've already picked because you did Brenda Lee's Rock Around Christmas Tree in 50s. So we want different choices to each. I got it. Can I use the remastered version? No. (laughs) No, you can't. (laughs) Okay. You you can't use the Mel and Kim version either. (laughs) (laughs) All right. so, uh, So do some research, chaps. And then next week we'll get together, record that. And that should be out just in time for Christmas. Lovely. Excellent. Right. I'm going to uh, say sign off and say ta-ta. My dog needs to go out for a wee and so do I. So thanks for listening. Goodbye from Phil. Cheers, guys. Cheers from Lee. Chris, you should wrap up the final words because it was your episode today. So, Well, thank you for everyone for uh, listening in. I know obviously we're getting a good response so far from all the previous podcasts. So uh, thank you to all our fans out there. And we're looking forward to uh, you know uh, prolonging this journey and making hundreds of episodes in the future as well. So um, uh Until then, we'll see you next week. Mm. Oh. I never noticed that button on my strap before. What does that do? Let's find out. Oh. Shouldn't have done that.